tonight, Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, somebody asked me, how long are you going to preach tonight? I said, well, I don't know. I uh, gave you two points this morning, and people are still asking how long I'm going to go, and may just bump it back up to three tonight, I don't know. Ephesians chapter number two, before we pray and, and read tonight, I do want to remind our folks, uh, we've got three families in our church tonight grieving uh, the loss of the home going of a loved one. Miss Joanne's sister went home to be with the Lord this week, and then the Casho family, uh, they're grieving tonight, as well as Brother Dombeck, his brother, uh, went home to be with the Lord earlier today. So folks in our church tonight uh, need the grace of God, and you pray for them, let them know you love them, and going to be lifting them up to the Lord here in the next few days as the services. Uh, for their family will be taking place. Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to look down, if you will, uh, tonight. Um, let's pick up in verse number 12. Just want to wrap all of this up and look tonight at what this was all about, what they were singing about, and what we're celebrating during this season. Ephesians chapter number 2, look down, if you will, to verse number 12. The Bible says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were some, sometimes were far off, made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight for the great singing. Thank you for the hearts of those who sang, and Father, we could tell they were singing from their heart and to you. Father, I pray we'd always lift up our voices in praise to you for sending your Son that we could be saved. And as tonight we see the great accomplishment of Christ that we could have a home in heaven and call you Father. I pray tonight if there's one here who's yet to receive Christ, help them be saved before it's eternally too late. And for those of us that are saved, Father, help us give honor and glory and praise, not just with our mouth, but by how we live our life, Lord, for all that you've done for us in sending Jesus to die. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight I want you to think about something rather quickly, just going to leave a couple of thoughts with you that what they sang about tonight and what we've been preaching about the last few weeks as we focus in on this holiday is not what Christ attempted but what Christ accomplished. Aren't you glad tonight? Uh, I'm thankful tonight that I'm not up here preaching about what Christ tried to do for us and not what Christ attempted to do for us, but what Christ accomplished for you and I. Sometimes I don't know that we realize the goodness of God and all that Christ went through to accomplish the opportunity for you and I to have eternal life. Now, there's a song, I don't know that we've sung it here in a while, it's an old hymn called, Oh Happy Day. How many of you have heard or sung this song, Oh Happy Day? I, I want to read the first line of the second verse for you tonight. It says, "'Tis done, the great transaction's done. I am my Lord's and He is mine." I want you to realize tonight that what we're celebrating in the birth of our Savior and how he would go on beyond Bethlehem to die on the cross of Calvary, that substitutionary death for you and I to purchase our redemption was nothing less than a transaction. Jesus came to live and to die, to pay the price, and to make the payment for our sin. And thanks be to God tonight, the debt was paid in full. 
Uh, boy, you ever go to the bank to make a note on your car? Uh, maybe to make your house note you're paying for something, and you're longing for the day when you make that last payment. Amen? Uh, some of you, it might be a while, right? Mortgage rates are kind of high right now. It might be a while before you get there. But oh, you are longing for the day when you make that final payment, and they stamp on that receipt paid in full. The price has been made, and now the possession is yours. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. Thank God. What does the song say? The transaction is done. Listen, we aren't making payments on our eternal life today. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that when Jesus came down and lived and died on the cross of Calvary, he paid it once and for all, and it's been paid in full for you and I. Folks, understand tonight that's a debt you and I could not pay. We could live a thousand eternities if it were possible, trying to live a life pleasing enough to God to make this payment, and yet tonight it was impossible. Look down, if you will, to verse number 12. I want you to see yourself, and we'll see ourselves tonight and where we were before Christ. <clears throat> the Bible says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Watch this. Strangers from the covenants of promise, and boy, how sad the next few words having no hope and without God in the world. That's you and I right there. Without Christ, having no hope, without God in the world. That's a sad place to be tonight. But wait a minute, I, I love the fact that he didn't stop with verse 12. Look at verse 13. But now. Now I'm not an English major. I have no desire to be an English major. That's what we have Miss Pam for, amen, her and Brother Michael. That word but is a contrasting word, is it not? Verse 12 spells out the doom and gloom that you and I had coming. We were without hope, without God in the world, and without Christ. And yet there's a contrast in verse number 13. The Bible says, but now in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad tonight we can say that? That there was a time in our life that before Christ, we were without Christ, without hope, alone in the world, without God. But now in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? That means verse 12 is past tense. Verse 12 is past tense. Verse 13 is all about what? It's all about now. Do you know what that means? It means the transaction has gone through. Aren't you glad tonight that the payment that the Lord Jesus Christ made on the cross of Calvary for you and I, you say, wait a minute, this is not Easter, this is Christmas, but understand tonight, that babe that was born in that manger was on his way to the cross at Calvary to make that payment for you and I, and thanks be to God, the transaction went through. Have you ever <clears throat> swiped your debit card? Kind of embarrassing, I know. You ever swiped your debit card and it say declined? It's always rough, especially when you're out on a date with your wife. You swipe, can I borrow your card? And get her to swipe her card, and it'll go through. One day you guys are going to go through that. You know, you're going to swipe the card and realize that there are insufficient funds. How humbling is that? I'm thankful that the deposit that Christ made on my account, that I could be with God and have Christ, went through. Now tonight what I want you to see is there's two very simple thoughts Man, two, look, Sunday morning and Sunday night, I'm giving you two points. You know you must be living right, amen? There's two things I want you to see tonight on the accomplishment of Christ. It wasn't the attempt of Christ on Calvary. It was the accomplishment of Christ. I want to show you what he accomplished for you and I tonight. They sang about it a moment ago, about the great gift, the gift that God gave to us in Christ. It was the accomplishment of Christ. And look down to verse number 13, you'll see what it is. 
The Bible says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Look down to verse 16. The Bible says, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body. Now, I want you to notice there's a common denominator there in verse number 13 and verse number 16. Verse 13 talks about being made nigh. Verse number 16 talks about being reconciled unto God. Both of those verses are referring to the fact that now you and I have a closeness to God. The Bible says we were reconciled unto God. The Bible says in verse number 13, we were far off but were made nigh. Do you know what that means tonight? That the transaction of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary, here's what it did for you and I. The accomplishment was it reconciled our position. It reconciled the position that you and I can now have a closeness with God Almighty. Now, tonight if that doesn't thrill your soul, something's bad wrong. I mean, we think about celebrities and athletes, and uh, every once in a while we'll be in Grin Coffee, and uh, my daughter says, Dad, did you see the mayor in there? Uh, I mean, look, hey, the mayor of Hattiesburg, that's something to be said, right? Or maybe you'll be out in town or in another state and run into a movie star, and that means something to us. Man, I got to be in the same room with someone who has worldly notoriety, and yet do you realize tonight that through the accomplishment of Christ, our position with God has been reconciled? See, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says that we were far off. Why were we far off? Well, I'll tell you, the reason we're far off, the Bible says in Isaiah that our sins and our iniquities separated us from God. You see, what Christ came to do was restore the position that you and I had back in the Garden of Eden. Now, think about Adam and Eve and how good they had it. There they were in the Garden. They had fellowship with God. Oh, my soul, I I can't imagine what that must have been like. Able to walk there in the Garden. They had a relationship with God. They had a closeness with God. Now, all of a sudden, here comes sin, and sin does what sin always does. It divides, and sin separates, and the worst separation is when you and I were separated from God because of our sin. God looks down from heaven, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you know why Jesus came? To accomplish the reconciliation of our position with God. God didn't want us to be separated from him, but there was nothing you and I could do to reconcile ourselves to him. He says, I love them so much, I'm going to send my only begotten son. That babe born in the manger was there to restore our position with God. Now, wait a minute. What does the Bible say in verse 13? But now in Christ Jesus, ye sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, here's what I want you to think about tonight. I want you to picture Jesus on that cross. Jesus was suspended between earth and heaven. Oftentimes, we think about reconciliation as pulling this side together with this side. But what Jesus was doing is he was reaching up in his relationship with the Father because he was holy and righteous, and he can do that. And he was reaching down to mankind to pull man and God back together. And the great accomplishment of Christ was reconciling our position with God. Thanks be to God for that. You see, when our sins separated us from God... God's face was hidden from us. And yet now, what do we have? Well, verse 16 says, And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. 
Probably the greatest picture I can think about tonight of, of reconciliation is Mephibosheth. He was a young man who was no longer in the bloodline of royalty. To be able to sit at the king's table anymore. He was in Saul's family bloodline and now David's family is there and David is reigning. And Mephibosheth has no right or claim to sit at the table of the king. And oh, here comes a type of Christ. And we see Mephibosheth being brought back to enjoy all of the privileges of the bloodline of the king. That's you and I. That's what Jesus came to do. Do you know, listen, that the face of God is no longer hidden from you and I? That you and I now have access to God. As a matter of fact, you keep reading in chapter number 2, the Bible says that we have access. That now we can come back into the presence of God just like Adam and Eve had. Why? Because of Jesus. The accomplishment of Christ reconciled our position back to God. Think about what sin does. Sin separates. Sin hides the face of God. Sin silenced the voice of God. And yet now, because of Christ, we can seek his face, we can walk with him, and we can hear from him. I think we take for granted being able to hear from God. I do. You know, at times, if I can be honest to you with you tonight, my carnal nature, sometimes I don't want to hear from God. That Holy Spirit conviction sometimes really gets in the way of what I want to do things I want to say, ways I want to act. But do we realize tonight, because of that babe that they sang about tonight, that you and I can now not only speak to God, but we can hear the sweet voice of God through the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts. Why? Because of the accomplishment of Christ. The accomplishment of Christ reconciled our position to God. But wait a minute, there's one more thing I want you to see before we go. You look down to verse number 14. The Bible says, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Now notice the Bible doesn't say that our peace comes from something, but that our peace comes from someone. The accomplishment of Christ was simple. Number one tonight, it was reconciling our position to God, but I love this part best. What Christ came to do in his accomplishment was restore our peace. Now, how many times have we heard the old phrase, no Jesus, no peace? No Jesus, no peace. All right, N-O Jesus, no Jesus, N-O peace. But K-N-O-W, no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. Anybody ever seen that? Or is that just an 80s thing? All right, I've seen it. Got a few people seen that in here too. Used to be on Christian t-shirts. That was a big thing back in the 80s, Christian t-shirts. Everybody had them. I want you to notice tonight that the accomplishment of Christ was not just reconciling our position with God, but you look down, verse 14, it was restoring our peace with God. Now, here's what I love. The Bible says, for he is our peace. He is our peace. You know why I believe tonight so many of us lost and saved don't have the peace in our life that we should? is because we're looking for peace in something rather than someone. Where does our peace come from? Verse 14, for he is our peace. It's been said many times that peace is not the absence of conflict. We think, well, I just have peace in my life when my kids go to bed, right? Running around, screaming and hollering. I'll have peace in my life when my husband quits snoring. I'll have peace in my life when my wife quits nagging me or whatever it is. That's not what peace is. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of God. That's why when the disciples are rowing the boat and the storm comes along, what did Jesus say? 
peace be still. You see, peace comes in the form of Christ, not in the absence of conflict. Tonight, folks, I want you to understand we can have peace, but that peace, verse 14 shows us, is only through Christ. John 16, what did he say? In me ye might have peace. It's in him. I know the world we're living in is mixed up. I heard the narrator speaking there a moment ago, and, well, they did a good job with the narration tonight. They write all of that, and they get someone to do all of those words. They did a great job with that, talking about how crazy our world is right now. You're thinking, boy, mortgage rates are so high, interest rates, all these things going on. There's no way you can have peace. Oh, yes, there is. But it's not going to come through things. It's going to come through Christ. And tonight, the accomplishment of Christ not only reconciled our position with God, that we can have that closeness and be nigh unto him, but it restored our peace all through the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it this way before we close. Before Christ, in the void of our heart, there was fear, doubt, confusion, uncertainty. And yet now, verse, four, verse 13, but now in Christ, verse 14, he is our peace. Watch this. Christ came to trade your uncertainty, your doubt, and your fear. And in the place where it once was, now there's Jesus. Now there's Jesus. I know people tonight that are they're dealing with loss of loved ones. We have folks in our church right now dealing with loss of loved ones. Family members they love dearly and cared about. Well, that, that hurts. I know people tonight dealing with cancer. I know folks dealing tonight with family problems. I know folks dealing tonight with work problems. And you're thinking, how can I have peace? Can I tell you, it comes to the form of Christ. The Prince Tonight, I don't know if we realize, but the accomplishment of Christ has granted us a peace that, boy, he's willing to move inside of our heart and trade places with all of our doubt, our fear, and our uncertainty. But I assure you of one thing tonight, you'll not find it outside of him. You're not going to find it outside of him. Why? Because the accomplishment of Christ, it does this, number one, it reconciles our position. Are you thankful tonight that you now have access to God? You look and read the rest of the chapter. We won't take the time to do it. Verse 18 says we have access. Verse 19 says we're part of the household of God. Verse number 20 says we're built up on the foundation of the apostles. You keep reading. Verse 21, the Bible says that we grow into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse number 22 says, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. All of those things, do you know why? Because of Jesus. Because of the accomplishment of Christ. If you're here tonight and you're saved, can I ask you, you read this passage here, do you realize all of what Christ accomplished for you? And all of what we get to be? And all of what we get to have? If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, can I tell you something? The transaction was approved for you too. The other day I went through, uh, I went through the line at uh, Walmart and uh, I swiped my debit card. And it said approved. And that's one of the ways I try to witness to people. I use that way to open up a conversation to talk about Christ. And I'll swipe the card and it says approved. I say, boy, isn't it good to be approved? Isn't it good to be approved? She said, yeah, it's nice. You know, it's nice to have money. I says, no, 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 no. Isn't it nice to be approved of God? You think, well, how could someone be approved of God? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's not because of anything I've done. But boy, the transaction went through. 
the payment was made and the payment was approved. It's not the attempt of Christ. It's the accomplishment of Christ. Christian, do you fully realize what that babe in the manger is all about? What he came to do to secure for you and I. And tonight, if you're not saved, oh my goodness gracious, listen, it would be the most exciting moment for every person in here if somebody came to know him as their personal Savior tonight, receiving that gift of Christ. It's his accomplishment. He did it for me. He did it for you. Let's praise God for that tonight. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. And we ask our